trying to apply logic to an animal that at times is bereft of logic. It's always challenging, and but with challenges come opportunities. This is The Producers. I'm Anthony Huckstep. After seeing the benefits of a few lamb on the vineyard to eat the weeds amongst the vines, Brent Old realised an opportunity. He set about finding the right breed of lamb and the means to farm organic dorper lambs amongst the vines. And it's captured the imagination of not only the local food-loving community, but chefs and butchers too. So we're... Uh, spread across three farms uh, on the outskirts of Orange in New South Wales, sort of three to three and a half hours out of Sydney um, at a range of elevations. Our, our highest farm sort of a 1,000 metres above sea level and um, we sort of dip down to sort of 750 metres above above sea level. Um, yeah, so with, within about a 20K range um, just to the west of Orange. The high rainfall um, it sort of allows us to graze uh, all year round. Uh, fertile soil, we're sort of on the edge of, of Mount Canobolis, so we've got really nice uh, basalt soil. Um, the cool climate or the climate sort of allows yourself to um, to run sheep all year round without, without too many issues, provided we don't get too much snow. Um, and probably, probably the town itself, Orange itself, is a is a beautiful part of the world. Um, you know, we're surrounded by some fairly vibrant sort of town. So, um, and and I guess our proximity to to Sydney, um, yeah, works for us as well. Brent grew up in regional New South Wales and formed a strong connection to the land and farming sheep from a young age. I grew up in far western New South Wales. Um, very isolated. Um, I was homeschooled as a, as a kid. Um, yeah, so food, I, I suppose, was uh, fairly primitive at times, um, just just from location. But probably my earliest memories of food uh, uh, were shearing time. Um, you know, every, everyone was together, and, and mum used to cook for all the all the shearers and all the workers. And that that's probably my earliest memory of of food, um, mutton sandwiches, interestingly enough, was is my first memory of, of food. So, um, yeah, I suppose there's a few parallels with that now with what I'm doing now, the food and sheep. Um, yeah, from, from a kid, it's sort of always been that way. As a teenager, I always wanted to be a chef. Um, I probably sampled, sampled more than I cooked myself, but... Um, yeah, I always wanted to be a chef and um, obviously always had a love for farming and um, I suppose those two things combined have, have sort of led me to where I am now. Um, yeah, I, I think those two, the love of food and the love of, of producing have probably um, led to where we are now, yeah. After seeing sheep grazing through the vineyard, Brent realised the potential to create a full circle organic farming practice amongst the vines. We always had sheep that sort of grazed through the vineyard. Um, vineyards have been on the farm for uh, about 20 years um, and, and the sheep have been used in an organic system so they, they, they graze in the dormant times um, 
you know, almost as glorified lawnmowers because we can't use any chemicals to, to stop the, the growth in and around the, the bottom of the vines. Um, they, they sort of graze through there in the, in the dormant times or through the winter times. Um, and when I, when I came here, I just saw an opportunity um, to use what we, what we were able to do um, probably better and just a little bit different. Um, fresh set of eyes probably saw an opportunity that we were missing out on. And, um, yeah, I, I think and, – and our love of, our love of food and, and producing things and seeing – it's quite rewarding seeing people – uh, enjoy what you produce and we had that from the wine side of it um, you know the grapes and the wine gave us that but I, I just saw an opportunity there for the for the sheep to to do the same thing to mirror the same thing when I first came here there were uh, only a handful of sheep um, and you know now we've we've sort of got it up into a system that's that's working quite well but um, look we've had we've had plenty of challenges um, to get to where we are now, um, probably, probably one of the the funnier things was when we started the Cool Lake. As the the local news came out and and did a story, and I got a, <clears throat> a little bit of advice from close friends and family that said my my head was probably built more for radio, um, and that <laughs> that was sort of one of the the funnier parts of it is, you know, it, they just said, "How have we gone from a from a farmer to a media personality?" And my uh, my close friends now call me Hollywood. So um, that's that's been a been an interesting part of where we're at, where we're at now. The animals live an incredible life, moving from vineyard to vineyard to feed. We rotationally graze, um, just as part of our farming practices. Um, so. They've always got fresh, lush pasture in front of them. Um, you know, they, they graze between the vineyard, obviously, in the winter time, so they get um, they get the opportunity to have to have that pasture as well. But um, they're small paddocks, um, a diverse, diverse, you know, diet, I suppose. Um, and the cool climate means they don't have those long, hot spells. Um, yeah, so I'd, I'd I'd like to think we've we've created an environment for them that's conducive to you know to growing beautiful lamb. Finding the right breed of lamb was vital in developing a viable farm. So we have all Dorper sheep, so um, purebred Dorper sheep, and that's a mix. It uh, that's a combination of uh, Black Persian and Dorset Horn. Um, they're a South African breed. Um, they don't. There's no wool, so they're um, purely just a meat sheep. They shed their wool, or it's almost like a hair. Um, and and we sort of went down that path. Um, they've got a very low worm burden. Um, they're quite a hardy hardy breed. They deal with the conditions, you know, harsh conditions quite well, and they utilise probably poorer quality pasture. Um, very well. Um, they're non-seasonal breeders, so we lamb twice a year. Um, we can get two full joinings per year, which works really well for what we're trying to do. Um, so, yeah, there's a lot of um, they're fantastic mothers. Um, they've got really good milking ability. Um, and the lambs, they have really vigorous early growth. Um, 
so I suppose all those things together works works well for for our system. Um, and you know now with how things are, labour shortage wise, and um, it, it's really beneficial not having to shear and crutch and um, those sorts of things. We don't need the infrastructure, um, and, and we don't need that labour um, to get the to get it through. Every day is different. And as Brent explains, a farmer needs to be ready for just about anything. Every day is different. Um, safe to say it starts with a starts with a travel mug of coffee and the dogs in the back. Um, that's <laughs> that that happens no matter what. But because we rotationally graze, um, there's not too many days where I'm not moving sheep um, and checking and managing pastures. Um, we, we would move sheep from paddock to paddock sort of every three to five days. Um, so that, that you know, that takes up a bit of time. Um, I think because we lamb twice a year, we're joining, um, scanning, landmarking, weaning um, all year round essentially. Uh, and, and since we've started doing the value-adding or, or selling um down into Sydney, we, I suppose selections become a really important part of um, what I'm doing. So selecting the right lamb um, to go is essentially, that is the key part of what I'm doing. I, I decide what goes. Um, so that, that, you know, the weighing of the lambs, I weigh everything, I fat score everything and I check for carcass confirmation. So um, I, I just want to make sure that the the next person who gets our lamb is getting the best quality I can give them. Um, so that's all of those things are uh, in around fencing and pasture and, um, you know, trying to improve our soil health and, um, yeah, sort of doesn't leave a lot of spare time. After reaching out to a highly respected distributor via email, Brent surprisingly found a method to market. Well, it was a, an email to Grant Hilliard at Feather and Bone down at uh, Marrickville and, and now Waverley. Um, I just sent Grant an email explaining, you know, who I was and what we do. And um, I'd read a little bit about what Grant and Laura do and, um, you know, what they're all about. And that, that aligned very much you know, with what I wanted and what I was looking for. Um, and much to my surprise, he replied. Um, yeah, and we, we just got just got talking and, I've, yeah, I suppose the rest is history. That's, that's where it started. Um, yeah, just with, with Feather and Bone is, is where it started. And um, there's another, another guy, Lockie Kerr, down at um, – Cleaver and Co., which is down at Gwynville or near Wollongong, um, and we sell to him as well. Um, he's of the you know same sort of same sort of values. He's, he's no waste, uh, nose to tail, trying to do you know utilize the full carcass. Once um, you know grass fed, uh, organic, and, and wants that regenerative ag sort of focus, um, and wants to know where his products coming from as well. Um, so there, that's sort of where it started. Um, 
Feather and Bone, they also sell to they like they supply chefs and restaurants um, around Sydney, um, and and they obviously have their they are their own butcher shop as well. Um, so that's that's what they do with it. Um, but look, we would love to be able to do um, more locally, um, and, and the plan is, I suppose, to to have that lamb going locally direct to customer um, in Orange, in and around Orange. Um, that is the that's the plan. But currently, yeah, it, for those guys down in Sydney take it. The organic lamb is garnering interest from chefs and butchers, but Brent's favourite experiences are a little closer to home. Well, I think I think just having family and friends uh, enjoy it. I, that there's, you know, it's hard to beat um, people enjoying good food and, and good wine. Um, we luckily can, we can do both. Um, but I, I think during COVID, when we were locked down and we were all all together and we you know, everyone, we couldn't go anywhere. So it, it was amazing how food um, almost became everyone's language. It's what um, brought us together. We were together anyway. So, you know, enjoying good food was a was a nice circuit breaker. And um, that, that was sort of something that, that made me really realise that what we had was special. Um, seeing family and friends around and... and the smiles and the appreciation for good food, um, I think that's probably been the most rewarding part of what what we're doing. The farm has had a huge impact on Brent and helped forge a greater connection with food and the land. Oh, it's probably given a sense of purpose. Um, yeah, probably motivation um, to, yeah, I, I think we... Make it to make a difference, I suppose. Um, both, you know, that's in regard to the farming system, um, sustainable farming practice. I think it's um, that that's part of it, and almost around our eating habits as well. How we educate people um, to care what they eat, how they eat, um, where it's from, and how it's produced. I think that's really important, um, and we've seen that as a byproduct of the pandemic. I think a little bit more people are conscious of of what they're consuming and, and the story behind it and how it's come to their plate. I think people want to know. Um, I think that's that's really important. So um, I suppose I prior to doing what I'm doing now, I, I probably like most other people didn't really understand um, where it came from and, and the, the story behind it. Um, and I think that's a really important part of, of food production in general. I think being able to tell tell your story and, and educate people that it, how we eat um, is really important and um, we support farming practices with our wallet. Um, the, you know, we can, as consumers, determine how we farm in the future with our consumer behaviour and I think that's, that's opened my eyes a lot to um, how I want to go about it. The initiative has been as surprising as has been exhilarating and Brent is excited about what the future may hold. If you had told me six months ago this is where I would be, I probably would have laughed. But, you know, so it's hard to know where it will end up and that's the exciting part, um, I guess. 
Um, but we would like to be able to have lamb available um, locally in Orange. Um, and look, we, we aren't trying to, to feed everyone. Um, we just want those who, who buy it to love it. Um, and that's that's my whole focus, I suppose, is just making sure that I'm doing everything possible to make sure the the land is in as good a place as it can be, um, and and the lamb itself is a is a byproduct of what we do on farm. So um, we just want to continue to to work on it and and make sure we we are producing the best lamb we can we can. I love being outdoors. I I love working in general, but I. I think I like I like the reward um, when you can see what you've achieved, um, whether that be fencing, you turn around and you can see the fence behind you or it's little things seeing um, soil health improve, you see your animal health and animal quality improve, the quality of your sheep improve. Um, it's really rewarding seeing the difference we can make um, to the land and and to what we're producing it that that's probably the you know the best thing about what what i do cool acres organic lamb is a wonderful example of making the most of the land by caring for it and the result of such is creating some of the best organic lamb down under too this is the producers a deep in the weeds production I'm Anthony Huckstep. Stay tuned as we share the stories of producers, farmers, makers and growers, the true lifeblood of the food industry. Follow us on Instagram at Producers Podcast or email us at producerspodcast at deepintheweeds.com.au.